0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to worship here at First Parish in Concord Unitarian Universalist. My name is the Reverend Liz Weber, and I am the Minister for Pastoral Care here. I am so glad that you are with us this morning. Whether you're coming from near or far for the first time or after many, many times, it is good to be together. Whether you're here on Zoom or on YouTube, it is good to be together. Whether you are here feeling good or not so good, it is at least, and thankfully, good to be together. I want to introduce our team this morning. We have Adrian Betancourt, our social action manager.
1: Hi, it's great to be here with this musical treat
0: and Dawn Van Patten. Good morning, everyone. Reverend Amy Friedman, our Director of Religious our Minister, sorry, Amy, of Religious Exploration. No, apology necessary. It is wonderful to be here and thank you to Emma's Revolution for sharing your
2: gift
3: of music with us this morning.
0: We have Jade Sylvan, they are our ministerial intern this year. Hello, good morning. I'm very excited
3: for the music that we are about to hear.
0: And Lily van der Zanden is our tech person extraordinaire. Good morning, it's great to be here. And finally, I am so excited to introduce as some of my colleagues have foreshadowed and as you may have heard, if you signed on a little bit early, we have Emma's Revolution as our guest musicians this morning. Emma's Revolution is a dynamic and award-winning activist duo of Pat Humphreys and Sandy O, And their songs have been sung by the Dalai Lama, praised by Pete Seeger and covered by Holly Near. They do these genre busting songs that just get right into your heart. And beyond that, I am just so thrilled that they are here with us with their beautiful music that embodies love and justice and community and defiance and hope. They're here this morning, partly as a preview for their concert this coming Saturday. And I'll share more about that when we get to our invitation section towards the end of worship. But for now, Pat and Sandy, Emma, do you wanna say hi? (laughs) Uh, We wanna say good morning and what a wonderful
2: just a beautiful welcome to all of us. And I think we're partly here, Reverend Liz, because we are friends of yours and we love you and we're <laughs> excited to be here um, to share this worship service with you this morning.
4: Yes, good morning from the Sacramento Valley of California. The sun is just beginning to peak up over the horizon.
5: <laughs>
4: yes, you.
0: thank you for being here at 6 or <laughs> 7 a.m. That is a testament to your dedication to our connections (laughs) across the miles. And yeah, we are friends. And I am grateful also, though, to Beth Norton, our Director of Music Ministries, who was the person um, who brought you here, brought Emma's Revolution here, and also to Reclaiming Our Democracy, who is bringing them here for Saturday night for the concert. So as we settle into worship, let's hear these words from Reverend Elizabeth Wynne, it's an excerpt from a longer prayer that she wrote. She says, our faith teaches us two truths, that we are always enough and that the great circle of love casts no one out. That's one truth. And that we are responsible responsible for bending our small piece of the ark for finding our own racial justice front lines. When we find our front lines, we find not only our hope, but we also find our most effective action. Friends, invite these words for love and racial justice and all types of justice into your heart as we worship together this morning.
6: Each week, as we gather, we uh, light a chalice. I invite you, if you have a candle or a chalice nail nearby to uh, light this with me. The flaming chalice is a symbol of our Unitarian Universalist faith. And when we light this chalice, we're reminded of our connection with other Unitarian Universalists around the world and our connection to one another. It is lit, don't know if you can see it. Tiny little flame, but it's growing. I invite you to join the Chalice Lighting response with me. O flame of our faith, open our hearts and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength. Enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours, this sacred essential moment now.
0: As i said just so excited that emma's revolution is here and um the songs that they do really embody love and justice liz, and those are our themes liz liz that they're on your face my face
1: yeah, gotta you got a, a smudge some dirt on your face
0: no no i don't have anything on my face thanks though but but our theme this morning you know, it's about love and justice and universalism. Liz,
1: I'm sorry, but it, it, there's this big smudge. You, you're going to want to even want to get that off.
0: Adrian, <laughs> you're, you're wrong. There's no way I've got anything on my face. I'm not going to listen to you. Mm-mm.
7: Um,
1: so. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, really. I think maybe, I don't know how you got it on, but you you can't you're gonna can have to and it's on your forehead too.
0: No, Adrian, I don't have anything on my face.
1: You have something on your face. Actually. Oh well, well I guess in the past some people have helped me out and told me that I've got stuff on my face, but I think today, yeah, it,
0: that's that is impossible, Adrian. I am an expert face washer. I have studied face washing for years, longer than you have been alive.
1: Yeah, that, that's probably true. Maybe if you looked in the mirror, but I'm, you got a big smudge on your, yeah.
0: What, how dare you tell me that I have a smudge? I am quitting. I'm not gonna play with you anymore or work With you anymore? Oh no, no. I
1: I'm only telling because I care about you, Liz. I mean, I think you would wanna address it. Yeah.
0: You mean I really have something on my face?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's but I I think we could take care of it.
0: It's no, I must. How could I have anything on my face, Adrian? I must be a a terrible person. I've. Oh, no, no I really to have anything on my face. It, it's it's
1: I think you can remove it. Yeah, for sure.
0: But I, I, uh, You think so?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Will, will you help me? Well, you know, actually I think here, look, I've got some wipes here about look. Let's oh. see if we can get this off here. Okay. Oh. Thank
0: you, thank you for giving me this wipe. You know, no
1: problem. Um, yeah. Oh, there it is. I've, I've there you go, and there, there's some on your forehead too. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've been working on getting this stuff off my face, um, and I guess it
1: just takes a long time and a lot of practice, huh? Yeah, I know. I hear you. Um, firm for me too. Thank you for. Me oh about. wow look is it did there's a the beautiful it? face <laughs> back yeah. again i
0: guess maybe there might be some still but i'll just have to keep working on it huh mm-hmm.
1: yeah I'll, I'll help i have more more wipes if you need oh great thank you yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <sighs> gosh you know I just went through a whole bunch of feelings about that stuff on my face, didn't I? Um, which one was the best response? I, want, I wonder, you know, kids, you can, and everybody, you can decide in your families or in the chat. When I was just in denial, when I was mad about it. Sometimes people are trying to tell us something that we don't want to hear and it can be hard to listen. And Adrian, I wonder if it was hard for you to be persistent in telling me. Yeah,
1: it was kind of hard <laughs> yeah
0: and I bet yeah, I appreciate that you were persistent because yeah, it's no important. Problem. Yeah, thank you. Um, and and families, everybody, I wonder, even when Adrian was telling me, and then I was telling her that she was wrong, or when I got mad at her, um, or if I had said, well, everyone has something on their face, so it doesn't really matter. Why bring it up or anything like that? Um, there was, Still, something on my face wasn't there. Still, uh, we would have thought about this as like dirt on our face. But uh, in October, I didn't want to bring dirt in from outside. So I just used chalk. But that dirt on my face, it was still there. Um, And I see some people saying it was hard to watch in the chat. I bet it was because when two people are Having a conflict, especially when one person is just straight up wrong and not reacting well, it can be hard to watch. Sometimes, you know, maybe if we'd had more people in the children's message room with us, maybe Don or Amy or anyone else could have helped Adrian to talk to me and pointed out in other ways for me that I had that dirt on my face. But did having dirt on my face make me a bad person? No. Yeah, Adrian, do you want to actually say something about that?
1: Yeah, I'm just um, I was expressing how I cared about you, and I just thought it was something that you would want to address. It didn't have to do with being a bad person.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Sometimes it felt like it was something wrong with me, but it was just something um that had got on me and got in me and then you helped me learn that I could take care of it and I could um learn and and get through it and when I finally
1: yeah yeah sometimes I'll get really defensive if someone points something out to me and then it's like oh yeah they're right yeah it was
0: so easy to get really defensive um, but then when I finally listened, that was the only way that I could actually watch wash the dirt off otherwise it was just still there. Um, and Adrian, I really appreciate your help and the way that you offered me the wipe.
1: Well luckily um, I had them on hand. That was lucky, I know. I <laughs> carry them with me all the time. Smart. It's
0: one of the pandemic benefits. So what I want us all to hold on to from this is, that all of those different feelings happen, but that really being able to listen was the only way that I could get that dirt off my face. And that when we listen to each other, especially when we listen to hard things, we can all work together better. It would have been real hard for me and Adrian to go out and, I don't know, uh, do the crop walk together and be friends if we'd had that fight and hadn't gotten through it yet, right? So. It was good that I could finally listen.
1: Yeah, it sometimes makes friendships stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when we have stronger relationships, we can go out and make the world better. And, that, and we can work for justice together. Or as Emma's Revolution is about to sing to us, we can rise together.
4: Our people gonna rise. Our people gonna rise. Our people gonna rise. rise. Listen to our cries through the pain and lies. Our people gonna, gonna rise. Our people gonna sing. Our people gonna sing. Our people gonna sing. <talking> people gonna sing. In spite of everything, hear our freedom ring. Our people gonna sing. Our people gonna fight. Our people gonna fight. Our people gonna fight. What we know is right. we will marching to the night. Our people gonna fight. Our people gonna agree. Our people gonna agree. Our people gonna agree. Whatever you believe, we have the right to breathe. Our people gonna agree. Our people gonna pray. Our people gonna pray. Our people gonna pray. pray. Take your rights away, see you on election day. Our people gonna pray. Our people gonna rise. Our people gonna rise. People gonna rise. People gonna rise. rise. Listen to our cries through the pain and lies. Our people, our people gonna rise. people gonna our people gonna rise Our people going gonna, gonna, gonna rise
0: Universalism has not abolished the idea of hell It has humanized and socialized it it has established human misery as the direct consequence of human action. The existence of such a hell can be demonstrated, the sting of its lash can be felt, the horror of it can be seen. And everywhere, men are seen not merely suffering the consequences of their own actions, but writhing in the meshes of sin woven about them by others. All this is hell social hell. These are words from Clarence Skinner, universalist minister in the first half of the 20th century. That's why you hear man as a universal word for human. He wrote, not only that, but also, universalism has not only humanized and socialized hell, but it has humanized and socialized salvation. Salvation comes in, by, and through the harmonious and spiritual development of all the elements of real life. Man is enmeshed in a world of humanity from which he can by no means wholly disentangle himself. He is part of the marvelous solidarity of life. So we've been talking this month about universalism this idea that all people are saved. And Claret Skinner, who was really active in really the first 50 years of the 20th century, he was one of the, he was the most important universalist voice in about a hundred years. It's funny though, he had originally wanted to be a movie star, but he ended up a pastor and a professor. He served churches in New York and Massachusetts, and he taught and then later was the dean at the Universalist Seminary at Tufts. Skinner was a radical. He was a pacifist who opposed World War I and an advocate for socialism. And he was persecuted for his political beliefs. He was actually dismissed from churches where he served but he was able to keep his professorship because of institutional support for him to speak up for what he believed in. Skinner's biggest contribution was taking the idea that we are all saved, that we would all go to heaven later and saying that we need to be saved here and now on this earth. We need to create heaven together here on earth. Skinner saw God as a universal father of all people. He called God an impartial, imminent spirit whose nature is love. He was moving away from denominate, denominationalism. He was for a free faith with no creed. Wanted to really get rid of different religions altogether in some ways. But He happened to think that everyone would just become a universalist once they got enlightened enough. He saw Jesus as a prophet and a teacher who died for revolutionary principles. Skinner saw God as the father of everyone. And so therefore we are all siblings. He said that a universal faith demands a universal application. In other words, God loves each of us equally and has given us equal potential to become God-like. He thought that when we understand God's love for each of us and our potential to become like God, to become more loving, just like God is so loving to us, that we would naturally grow into loving our neighbors as ourselves. We would naturally grow into wanting more justice and equity because we would love those who were most marginalized in the same way as our parents would love us in that ideal way that only the perfect parent up above could love us. That's the contrast, right, between this idea of perfection that inner's God could offer us and what we actually have, the difference between the world as it is and the world as it should be, as community organizers say. Hell is what we create here on earth, but it doesn't have to be this way. War and pain and economic conditions that lead to suffering, all of this is a human creation Now, Skinner believed, as his predecessors did, that ultimately all people would go to heaven after death and that there would be a final existential triumph of good over evil. But he also believed that we ought not shirk our potential for goodness in this life, not just in ourselves becoming better and better, but also in our social and political world to become better and better as a people. Because we love each other, we work to create heaven on earth. These were institutional goals for him. He was a socialist. He wanted to eradicate inequality through social programs. He supported economic equality, feminist ideals, and the like. And he believed that social work and political work is spiritual work, and vice versa. Now, I said that Skinner thought that everyone would just naturally become a universalist, uh, and that sects and denominationalism would drop away. That was really what he thought at first. He thought that universalism was the most evolved religion, and because the spiritual and the political were intertwined progress in one would beget progress in the other as people became more godlike because we were working on ourselves we would become more loving towards others and therefore we would want to improve social conditions with time people would naturally adopt more universalist approach to both theology and politics but After World War I, Skinner became disillusioned. At the time, our country was in a state of reactionism against liberal idealism. And we'd even rejected membership in the League of Nations. I don't know if that sounds a bit like where we are today. For Skinner, his faith in God's all-powerful love kept him going. his universalism became less idealistic and more realistic. He began to emphasize the need for people to actually choose to answer God's call to love our neighbor, not thinking that it would just happen automatically, not thinking that people would just not not thinking it would happen automatically, but that we had to actively choose to side with love. We had to actually choose love our neighbor. And that when we did make that choice, we could join together with others who were doing the same good work to create heaven here on earth. So what does Skinner's universalism look like today? We don't all believe in God as a loving father. And we don't necessarily believe that we have the one right way that people will Evolve into. I hope we don't believe that. Skinner's love today, Skinner's universalism today, I think of two quotes. The first from Reverend Dr. Rebecca Parker There is a love holding us, there is a love holding all that we love, there is a love holding all. We rest in this love. and the second from Reverend Teresa Soto. All of us need all of us to make it. Together, these mean that nobody is disposable. We take care of each other and we center the people who are most marginalized. This is, of course, aspirational and It is a statement of our commitments for our boots on the ground. It is a statement of what we aspire to and a statement of what we are willing to do to create heaven here on earth. There is a love holding us and all of us need all of us to make it. This means that we fight the rising hatred and fascism in our country. And it means a lot for what we believe. We believe that Black lives matter. We believe that immigrant rights are human rights. We believe in accessible health care for all. We believe in stopping the climate crisis. We believe in funding social services, not funding the militarization of police. We believe in public health. We believe in trans and LGBTQ people's dignity and beauty. We believe in disability justice. We believe in religious pluralism. We believe in love and justice. We believe in the public good. Wouldn't this be something closer to heaven on earth This vision is the legacy of Skinner's universalism. Now, remember that dirt on my face? Skinner held many strong ideals, but he was deeply flawed. He believed in innate differences between different races. And he supported eugenics as part of how we could evolve as a species and create heaven on earth. Looking back, those two ideas seem so incompatible. But at the time, there were a lot of people supporting these ideas. And even though we want to hold Skinner up as this amazing theologian who taught us so much, And who has such a good legacy. At the same time, we see that he was supporting eugenics. So what do we do with our heroes when we find out that they are so flawed? If we throw them out, we can't learn from them. And when we exile parts of our past, we exile parts of ourselves. Instead, We have to tell the whole truth. We all have parts of ourselves that are on the right side of history, parts of ourselves that we're getting it wrong. We have good and bad inside, all of us do. The whole truth is that we are loved and we are flawed. Making room for nuance in our stories Let's us be more fully ourselves in better relationship with each other because we can be seen and known. And it makes more room for nuance in our neighbors. It helps us love our fellow congregants or our neighbors in all of their glory and all of their flaws. Skinner's Heaven on Earth included each of us trying to be more godlike. We are loved, we are flawed, and we can do better. I wonder what he would say if we time traveled back and tried to dissuade him from some of the views that we now know are so wrong. I hope he would accept our feedback and learn from us, and I hope that we can learn when we are offered feedback. In our children's message, when I had that chalk on my face that dirt on my face, and Adrian kept so helpfully trying to point it out, I want to remind us all that those different reactions are normal. But it's important to notice when we react with denial or guilt or anger, not so that we can just shut it down and stop that reaction, but so that we can acknowledge it and work through it to allow us to get to the point of acceptance need to accept that dirt and just wash it off. Friends, each of us has a role in creating heaven here on earth. We need to work with our neighbors and work on ourselves. Skinner would say, God loves you, even with the dirt on your face, but you still need to wash it off. There is a love holding us. There is a love holding all that we love. There is a love holding all. We rest in that love. For our reflection question today, I invite you to think about what is the dirt on your face that needs compassion? And If you'd like, you can type your answer into the chat in a few words. What is the dirt on our faces that needs compassion? Bruce Stevenson offers, we are so much more than the worst thing we've ever done. I invite us to remember that as we, um, Brian Stevenson, not Bruce Stevenson, as we uh, hear our responses bias and racism, inauthenticity, anger, or my fear of never being enough, bias against wealth and power, envy of others, my judgmental attitude, impatience and quickness to point out the flaws of others, Sometimes I say hurtful things to others that push them away because I'm hurt by what I perceive as rejection from them. My belief that progressive views are the best and right way, and that people come to that with enough education. Fear of where we are now, guilt and bias. My early indoctrinated fear of confrontation. Equating food with comfort and love. All the ways I don't do a good enough job. Thinking I know or understand more than I actually do. Or feeling broken because of my imperfections. Impatience and stubbornness. Embracing the increased disability with love or the struggle to do that. Hesitation to act, a tendency to hold back, not listening as well as I could. I invite us to tend to these with compassion or just hold them with compassion as we sing together.
4: We are living in the great washed by the very same rain we are swimming in this stream together some in power some in pain we can worship this ground we walk on cherishing the beings that we live beside loving
3: we gather in community your ministers share the prayers and milestones you have experienced this week please contact Reverend Liz Weber with milestones you would like to share in case you haven't been here for the past few weeks uh, we are now live streaming on YouTube so I will say people's first names aloud and then we will share the more detailed milestones in the chat And today, we are thinking of Beth, Pat, and Rhoda. I now invite you to call aloud the names of others you might be thinking of or type it into the chat. Thank you. And we'll now sing Spirit of Life. God, I have to be honest. Sometimes I feel like we are living in hell on earth. When we see pictures of children in cages, when we hear that those in power believe that people who are poor do not deserve to live, when police officers face no consequences for murdering human beings because they are black. When fires rage and plague ravages our land like apocalyptic horsemen, it is hard not to feel that hell is real, that it is here. There is work to be done. And today, God, we ask you for peace and strength we ask for peace in our hearts as we continue to move into this frightening and tumultuous political season. May we find a picture of peace that we can hold in our minds and our hearts as we envision a future of heaven on earth. Give us the clarity and strength to bend our piece of the ark toward that justice, no matter how small or how great our peace may be. May we take the song we have and sing it, whether our voices are as beautiful as Emma's revolution or not. And may we give our songs love. Give us the grace to sit with contradictions, to look unabashed at the places where our forebears for all their love and wisdom caused Harm. May we acknowledge and learn from these human fallings. May we listen to others when they tell us we have dirt on our faces. Each time we wash off the dirt. We move an inch closer to heaven on earth. Heaven is not here yet. God, we know we have to make it. We have to wake up every day, knowing it is on the horizon and with heroic faith. We must continue to swim to the other side, toward that dim strip of glow. Amen. I invite you to sit in stillness and silence for your own prayer or meditation.
1: In a time of pandemic isolation, we may be grateful to learn about the compassionate actions that our fellow congregants take. So please listen to Nancy Kerr share the experience of members of the Immigrant Justice Task Force addressing food insecurity.
2: Good morning. My name is Nancy Kerr. I'm a member of the Immigration Justice Task Force. We have had a busy year as ICE continues to arrest and detain undocumented people living here in the United States. Today in keeping with the mission of Open Table, our Share the Plate recipient, I'm going to talk about food. We know the heavy burden food insecurity places on poor communities. This weight is particularly hard on immigrants and especially the undocumented. They fear deportation and they're not allowed to get a license to drive. Now, the fear of COVID adds yet another layer of uncertainty about whether it's safe to seek food for their families. Restaurant workers may be missing paychecks, as well as the meals provided to them during their shifts. Undocumented residents did not receive a stimulus check, and any workers who were paid in cash probably did not receive any unemployment compensation. Yet they and their families still need to eat. Over the past several months, I and others in our First Parish community were able to help out at distribution centers to provide culturally appropriate food and supplies to those who need it most. One of these was at the Worker Center in Framingham, our Share the Plate recipient from last March. Most food programs have had to redesign their model. No more community suppers or pantry shelves that allow participants to choose what they want. Instead, bags or boxes are pre-assembled To be delivered or picked up. So this past summer, in red heat, in masks, and socially distanced, we worked side by side with immigrants to prepackage rice, beans, and masa corn flour from huge hundred pound sacks. We packaged up chili peppers and garlic. Together we worked to distribute that food to a long line of people, including infants, small children, and the elderly. Some days we had salsa music, and one day we had locally made pupusas for lunch. It felt really good to be doing something real. Please take this social action moment to be grateful for the food we have. Find a way to be generous in helping others avoid hunger as we and our neighbors, especially our immigrant neighbors, move into winter.
5: Thank you.
3: Right. (laughs) I uh, forgot that I was doing this and I did not prepare for the instructions for texting. I apologize. I'm an intern.
0: Can somebody help? Hey Jade, I can help. I'm sorry. Thanks for helping, Liz. That's totally fine. This is live, everybody. Isn't it great to have connection instead of perfection? Um, Jade, do you want me to just take it or did you have part you wanted to say and then I'll say the rest? Somehow I completely missed when I was prepared. Great. So we are all loved. We all mess up. We'll have another chance. And um, at church, I really believe that that is what this space is about is that church is a place where we can bring our whole selves and practice being our best selves. And then at the same time, we go out into our communities, out into the world, and work together for love and justice. So I invite you to give generously because that is part of how this community is even possible, Is because of the financial sustenance that is provided by our membership and our friends. So I thank you for giving generously. Your money will go both towards the continued working of First Parish in Concord, and half will be for our Share the Plate beneficiary, which this month is open table. Thank you for what you give. We will copy and paste the text, give by text options into the chat, um, and it's on the screen as well. You can also go to the website or mail in an old fashioned check. All donations are welcome and gratefully accepted. You can text 978-712-2043. And Sandy and Pat, I'll hand it back off to you for our offertory music.
4: When a family's torn apart, when the street is all you have, when your faith begins to break, love reaches out.
0: is here with us this morning. After service, you've got a couple options for staying connected in this next bit of time. One is our worship sharing circle, which is a facilitated discussion with a small group about the themes from service today. Another option is our Zoom coffee hour, hosted by our standing committee, which is our governing board and Susan C. is here to tell you a bit more about
7: that. Hi, I'm Susan C., a member of your standing committee. I want to invite you and encourage you to come to our after-service social time, our coffee hour version. We're doing something a little different today. It's a come-as-you-are coffee hour. Come if you're not dressed for church. I'm not dressed for church. Come anyway. Bring the children. We miss seeing the children. Come for just a few minutes to say hi and then leave, or come to stay and chat for 20 minutes or so with new faces and old friends, and then go on to enjoy this beautiful day. We need each other We need to see each other. So come to Coffee Hour, come as you are, and say hi. See you soon.
0: Thanks, Susan. I want to invite you to some things happening in the next couple weeks. Um, On November 1st, which is a couple weeks out, we're having our All Souls service. And if you look in FP Weekly, you'll see some invitations for how to honor your loved ones who have died. One, uh, it includes some options like sending us pictures or making an altar at home. We're also going to make an altar here in the sanctuary. Um, But in keeping with today's spirit of you are loved and you make mistakes, I made the mistake of inviting you to bring your pictures in starting Tuesday. And I really meant next Tuesday. So if You see that in FP Weekly, just hold off a week on coming into the church to bring in a picture for the altar. I'll take emailed photos at any time for our slideshow. More immediately, even though you can't bring a photo, you can do other things this week. Tomorrow is the last day for the crop walk. So either today or tomorrow are the times to get in that walk, get in that roll. It is a beautiful day outside. Also then on Tuesday, um, it is our last opportunity to email photos to Amy of your Halloween costume. We are celebrating Halloween next week during the family service. And um, children, teens, and adults are invited to send Amy a picture in your Halloween costume. I did. I'm looking forward to seeing you and yours So, church all week. Saturday is our concert with Emma's Revolution. It is this Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And the concert is sponsored by Reclaim Our Democracy. We will have links in the chat to getting tickets, which are offered generously on a sliding scale with prices from 25 bucks all the way down just to $1. So if you're able to uh, afford that $25 ticket know that that is good and that you are supporting the participation of someone who can't afford it. And if you can't afford it, please come. So Saturday is a time for more of Emma's Revolution's excellent music. And then you can stay for a post-concert visit. And personally, I always love that Pat and Sandy tell stories during their concerts And I always hear something inspiring that's going on in our world that one of my fellow people are doing to make more justice here in our world. Sandy, Pat, thank you again. Thank you so much for being with us and I can't wait for Saturday. much. It's been a pleasure to be with you this morning. And
2: I do want to thank uh, Lillian Anderson and Beth Norton and Fred Van Dusen, who are the team. We're putting together that concert. We look forward to seeing you Saturday night. Sing with us this morning.
4: Gonna keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Never turning back, never turning back. Gonna keep on moving proudly, keep on moving proudly, keep on moving proudly. proudly. Never turning back, never turning back gonna keep on singing loudly, keep on singing loudly, keep on singing loudly, never turning back, never turning back, gonna keep on loving both. Keep on loving boldly, keep
5: on loving
4: boldly, never turning back, never turning
5: back,
4: gonna reach across our borders, reach across our borders, reach across our borders. borders. Never turning back, never turning back, gonna reunite the families, reunite the
5: families,
4: reunite the families, never turning
5: back, never turning back.
4: Gonna keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Never take.
0: friends, all of my friends, you are loved, you are flawed, you have a role in creating heaven here on earth. Reach out in love, rise, and keep on moving forward. Let's say together our first parish benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all beings.